Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Fuel Skill, I have one introduction for this and one introduction only. Chris Pratt is Mario. <laughs> I was like, I got really worried there. I was like, what's he bombshell is he going to drop on me here? What a horrible piece of news. Is he going to say, like, what culture's closing down? I'm leaving. Yeah, he's gone. I'm just be like, oh, right, okay, see you later. Mate. It still no. wouldn't be as ridiculous as Chris Pratt is Mario. When, right, so I obviously like woke up, turned right. on to Twitter, right, and I was just basically like, "What's going on with this?" Uh, that I saw all this going, I was like, "This can't be real." I'm, I'm having like a lucid dream at the moment, I'm just waking <laughs> up. And then when I went and watched the uh, Nintendo Direct, lo and behold, Chris oh my God. is Mario, it and was... Charlie Day is Luigi. Charlie Day is Luigi. Jack Black is Bowser. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. It's um and uh, Keegan Michael Ke- uh, Keegan Michael Peel. I don't know what you call yeah, that yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is Toad. Um, it's just, it, I, the thing is, like, I, I'm on board for like 99% of it. Chris Pratt as Mario made me do that meme where that, that woman is like, what? And then yeah. sort of like, and then it changed to like, Anya Taylor-Joy is Peach. And it was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. And no, then sort of the rest the of it. It's just gif of you in reverse of that one where you're doing the eyebrows. Then all of a sudden you're like smiling at the end of it. Is that? I just, it, Chris Pratt as Mario, I can't see in a million years. I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know what that is. Like, I did, what, why, what part of Chris Pratt overlaps with a part of Mario? I don't know well, that at what, all. Part of Chris Pratt overlap with Lego. Look at it now. Like, no, but, but that was not, that wasn't a character though. That was like he yeah, could make but, it his but, own but, and stuff. But the thing is, is that like I feel like if it's one of those things where this is just going to be like the uh, the clean slate approach because mm. there is still a very bitter, very bitter, very bitter <laughs> taste in some of our mouths from uh-huh. the um, Super Mario Brothers film that dropped in 1993. Right, right, right. Yes. And this is the thing: Bob Co- Bob Hoskins, national treasure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love the guy. He was a terrible Mario. He's not a good Mario. But only because of the fact that he was head utter dung and tried to spin it into <laughs> gold in that script that he was given. They changed the everything. Is, Hopefully this is the lesson learned. Well, that's the But I, I don't know what you, I don't know what characterization you give Mario because like even in the, in the Rabbids games, he doesn't even talk. And like for the most part with Mario, he has his little catchphrases, <clears throat> excuse me. And that's like, that's mostly his thing. Like he sort of, he says his little catchphrases, which are here and there. Um, but I just, I don't see Chris Pratt busting out a it's a me Mario or a let's a go. I, he's going to say no. let's a go at some point no but... he's gonna he's gonna say it and then uh, chris martinet is gonna turn around be an npc extra <laughs> and be like that's not how you say it like that and he'd be like oh, let's a go be... like that that What's would actually mean? be incredible they've got they've said martinet's on the cast but they just said that he's playing various characters so they could totally have him as like 
some other sidekick yeah, or something. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had him as like his granddad or something like that, like the original Mario. And it mm. turns out that he's the son of Mario. So technically he is a Mario Mario, but he's not the Mario. That's, and that's how they'll get around that's it. That's a very, very good idea. That would be a way to make it work. I just, because they've got Cranky Kong in here as well. I forget the name yeah. of the guy that's playing him. But um, well, they're then, doing in that, case, in that case, then they've got to have that then. If the other got, generation. Like, if, if they've got like Cranky Kong and old Mario, then it could be basically those two <laughs> arguing over which of their kids is best. And then boom, there you go. Maybe. I would totally take that. Well, um, but overall, what was your general reaction to this? I love the idea of Donkey Kong doing the Seth Rogen laugh. Oh, That's yeah, something 100%. that I, I'm you there for. You sent me that clip of somebody <laughs> putting his laugh, his stoner laugh, over the over the Donkey Kong animated TV show, which itself is a masterpiece. That in thing's horror, on Netflix never... now, I think. No, it's not. Is it actually hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, either, it's either on Netflix or Prime. They added all the seasons because I put it on, being like, "Hey, like my wife, like, let's watch this." Oh my god, it's Donkey Kong! And then you put it on, and the the animation is not. It aged better in my mind. It in looks like it's um the it looks like food fight. You remember that really terrible animated uh <laughs> It looks like the old the Californication video where we've like oh, we've yeah. just discovered three yeah. D models. Like it's just <laughs> everything's got it, one texture. The thing on it. is, it's it's not just the animation though about that <laughs> yeah. show. It's everything. The fact mm -hmm. that there's like the um uh, the female lead is just like uh she's really unlikable. The fact yes. that there's like this part head twat who is the um <laughs> the love rival that's in it and all of the dialogue is so bad it's the banana slammer that's oh, the God. line i was thinking of just then it's just the if worst. they can get because the thing the overall thing with me with this casting is that i feel like they're going banter af like you got mm -hmm. jack black as bowser which i mean i love jack black like kung fu panda yeah. one of the best trilogies of all time but i love him mm -hmm. and so like putting him as bowser that there's only one way that jack black can be bowser and it's going to be ostensibly jack black but just in a bowser yeah. skin yeah so I i'm mean, like okay jack black is jack black in everything he plays yeah like, yeah, yeah. Even in the recent Psychonauts game, it's like as soon as he comes on screen, like, okay, that's Jack Black. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> two seconds later, he's singing a song. You're like, that's Jack Black then. Oh my God, if they do about, if they do like a musical number, like they've done, like in Mario Odyssey, there's the whole like wedding scene and stuff. Yeah. They, there's, they, you could do it. But yeah, my whole thing was they are going banter AF. I'm not, I did laugh at Chris Pratt as Mario. Maybe there's a way for that to work. Maybe there's a genius there that we just haven't seen yet. But, I reckon um, it's going to be a, a Stone Cold classic. This might, yes. We might be well looking at... I was excited about the uh, Borderlands <laughs> film coming out right. and having... Because uh, Jack Black's... Jack Black's in that too, yeah. yeah. So he's he's basically becoming the master of the meme film mm. at the moment, which is just great. So if they, it's going to be a toss-up between which is going to be better, the Borderlands film or the Super Mario one. Do we also, at some point in the future, see a Sonic Mario crossover? Like, if they're, oh, all, they're all playing buddy-buddy with each other. I mean, they've got that... Um, we got a few questions about the Nintendo Direct, but yeah, Willie Araya was just saying thoughts on the Mario movie casting and oh my god kirby odyssey did you see the new kirby game yeah. I, I did, did actually doing a full i know i popped so crazily for that it all it is is just a, a mario 64 applied to kirby but that was i was <laughs> like this is the best idea i've ever seen in my life like why have you not done this before Kirby fans are the most easy to impress. Yes, we are. Basically, they've been basically playing the same <laughs> game in just different forms for about 25 years. And then all of a sudden it's just gone, but now it's in 3D. It's like, oh my God, oh Kirby's my God. finally gone 3D. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, they should have they should have done the Mario 64 treatment yeah, decades ago. It's it's yeah. one of those things where I was like, I didn't know I need this. And oh my God, that's the most obvious thing that you should have done ages ago. But the game yeah. looks brilliant. The only thing I think uh, mm -hmm. with this is that Super Mario Odyssey has set the bench so, benchmark so mm. high that mm. this is going to have to do quite a lot. And already looking from the gameplay, it does look fairly simplistic. Now I know it's very, it's games, very Mario. Yeah, they've always been like skewed towards being simpler games yeah. in terms of challenge. There's uh, there are a few difficulty spikes here and there that are mm. ridiculous, but for the most part, they are designed to be played by kids, sort of mm -hmm, thing. Mm -hmm. So I am noticing from what little gameplay snippets we saw that it doesn't look as challenging 
as uh, Super Mario Odyssey is. So no. for those looking for that experience, you might only get it in terms of gameplay, not in terms mm. of challenge. I think for me, I, I just, I yeah, I mean, they are. They're, they're, most of them are just made for three-year-olds. But I, <clears throat> I just love Kirby. He's got a little bit of attitude, and I just love all the different costume swaps. And I think that, that in, like, a semi-open world game or whatever they're doing, like, will just be fun. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. game for the Nintendo magic applied to Kirby in a big open world setting. Plus, it looks like The Last of Us. Like, it's all, like, post-apocalyptic. Everything's overgrown. <laughs> like, it's just The Last of Us with Kirby in the middle. Lost. <laughs> Splatoon 3 is more Last of Us than yeah, that. Yeah, it is, but like they've got like a whole post-apocalyptic, they've clearly been working through lockdown style mm-hmm. energy to it. But like, yeah, it's a, it, if you put an art filter on The Last of Us, it would look like the new Kirby game. It's all bombed <laughs> out buildings, it's grass is overgrown, Ellie's round the corner, mate. She's just waiting. <laughs> Ellie Ellie is Kirby. Just like, like, she's like cracking jokes from the little mags that oh, she God, finds if, in the first game. If Kirby game. can get a bow and arrow, then it's, it's, it's even closer. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall, I thought genuinely the Nintendo Direct especially watching it live all the different reactions and everything was hands down the best gaming show in years like that was yeah. just and we haven't even touched on the fact they're adding n64 games and mega drive games to the switch itself um yeah, that stuff they, was insane they, uh, they threw out a lot of content in such mm. a small direct that it was almost like a kind of hard to wrap your head around mm-hmm. everything because obviously as long as you've got the uh, the mario casting you had the new game releases like splatoon 3 that with the best opening that i've yes. ever seen to a game developer thing where he just goes hi i'm a squid researcher always introduce yourself to that as that. oh my god that stuff the music as well <clears throat> like really really love splatoon's music all the squid punk stuff yeah, but like splatoon man. 2's music was great and then yeah and then they had the, the castlevania advance collection they're remastering or remaking arc razor which is just out now arc razor sorry which is just out now and well, just like funnily enough, stuff. mate, uh, there's there's a little email in my uh, inbox saying Ooh. about whether or not there's codes available. So oh, we'll cheeky little actraiser in the inbox. Have to, get, have to get, about, uh, get involved in that. Nicely done. Yeah, the, yeah, I bought the Castlevania Advance Collection immediately. I just mm-hmm. watched refreshing the store until that was available. Um, but yeah, I thought the whole thing was was incredible. I think we needed it. I feel like it's been a yeah. while since people have like looked forward to. I had a couple of days notice of an upcoming show, and then it actually landed. Like the PlayStation Showcase for me was quite flat, and so like this thing was. Oh my god, this and this and this and Bayonetta yeah. three. Like yeah, actually realizing man. that um, Hideki Kamiya has pretty much been lying and trolling us by just saying like, oh, stop asking me about it. Nothing's happening. Yeah, and then, and then it's right it there and it's out next year. And I was like, oh, you little scamp. Like, that's the best way you could have done this. That, that's all Nintendo is made up of now. It's literally just like the cheekiest whippets imaginable all coming together in a little clubhouse. Just go like, oh, what, should we do this? Oh, this will be a right laugh. That'll be great. Oh, yeah, be really funny. Go and, go, and tell, go and release another Mario Party. That'll distract them for a bit. And then we'll blindside them with Bayonetta 3 again. I'm not going to lie, mate. That uh, Mario Party actually looks the business. It I'm, does, I'm doesn't really- it? Yeah. It's online play. I know that it was in the last one as well, but online play is just like essential for these games going forward. And it looks really fun. Mm, speaking of online play, they're adding it to N64 games. So I'm very yeah. curious what that's going to be. Because I don't, I've never played, I bought, funnily enough, I bought Star Fox on N64 last week because I was <laughs> like, I haven't played that game. I don't know if that game has multiplayer in it, but they've said that they're going to add up to four player multiplayer for as many games, for like a variety of games. So I, I don't know which ones, which N64 games would benefit from that. Probably F-Zero. I think oh, that yeah, 100%. Probably get it. Hundred percent, but like, because yeah, they showed like a handful of titles, but not that many of them were multiplayer anyway. Like it was Ocarina, it was Mario sixty four, it was Banjo. But um, it's either way, quite sad though, isn't it? That mm. our first like F zero game in so many years with new content is just that again. Going to be like this again? (laughs) I mean, I'm not complaining because it is a stonkingly good game, Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I just. There's a part of me that's just like, please don't make these like the bad ports. Like, please mm. take the best ports that you possibly can, even if it does mean going to the community and asking that's them the for the fixes that they've implemented. Because mm. a lot of people um, said that one of the biggest problems with the Super Mario trilogy that came out yep. um, with the Super Mario Sunshine 
Odyssey and or come on, Galaxy. Uh, no, and Galaxy. That was it. Um, they said that they had actually taken the one of the worst ports that wasn't used for speed running and stuff like that. Yep. So it was like, thank you, Nintendo. Oh, they did. They did the not, not doing Yeah, not doing any effort yeah. whatsoever. So fingers crossed that isn't the case of this. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm super curious with these because I'm like, is it are they going to be HD versions, emulations, whatever mm. it is? Like, uh, and then because hopefully they'll add the save system because in the NES and SNES stuff, you can just pause it anytime, make a quick save, yeah. which yeah. gets you through stuff. And I hope the N64 versions have that. Um, because yeah, that'd be really cool if they smooth it all over, give me a nice 60 FPS version of F Zero that's playing online like that could be really really cool um you know what the, they're catering for something that um uh, microsoft and sony aren't at the moment like mm. nintendo has one of the richest back catalogs going so and mm. they've worked with so many amazing publishers over the years this would it would be amazing to get more and more titles onto an online store and they mm -hmm. have provided quite a lot of titles with their uh, nintendo eShop stuff mm -hmm. but i feel like this is something that they really need to push because microsoft and sony are saying we're abandoning this and going forward and right well, so that's, that's, that's them yeah they, nintendo should be trading on their past a bit more and saying here's here's the actual games though mm. like, like not just saying hey we were we were great Mm -hmm. They actually need to back it up by saying, here's the games that we that made us great. No, totally. I mean, one of the rumors that was doing the rounds, or that seems to still be the case, is that they are going to be, because they have this extra expansion tier for Nintendo Switch Online, which they haven't set the price for yet. That's probably going to be something stupid. But mm -hmm. um, the general leak or whatever for that was that it was N64 games. The Mega Drive wasn't, thing, wasn't part of the rumors at all, but Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color was. So I wonder how many like of those packs get added onto this other tier thing. Because yeah. they, they could do with adding a Game Boy Advance thing onto that. Um, put Manish Cap on it and put like the old Harvest Moons, whatever. Just make yeah. make a Game Boy Advance add-on to Nintendo Switch. Because these games are, uh, it's almost prohibited uh, mm. to get hold of these games anymore because some of them are so expensive yeah, for yeah. physical releases. Like even if you wanted to get a copy of like Pokemon Heart Gold or Sil Soul Silver, it's mm -hmm. ridiculous prices yeah. like, compared to what you'd be uh, charging. So if you keep get get these onto an online platform and make them at a reasonable price mm -hmm. and i think that you're going to really please a lot of fans because i mean the amount that they hate emulation the amount of sites they've shut down and it's like well because there's no alternative like unless you want to spend yeah. 100 200 pounds trying to find something um so you might as well make an official alternative and we'll just go and play that yeah. um we talked a lot about mario there let's get through a bunch of other sure. questions <laughs> um i didn't even introduce the show i was to be talking about mario <laughs> it is the untitled banner podcast i'm scott taylor joined by jules gill hey everyone Hello. Yes, this is the UBP, the UBP, the UBP, UBP, where we ask people for their various questions, thoughts, whatever they would like us to talk about. Which, considering the world is only talking about Mario, and um, we've just we've just had a, a hearty blabber. But in terms of other stuff that came in, and um, we had a question from Steve who says, "What's your favorite fight scene in a movie?" You got to go with gut feeling on this. What comes to mind? Fight scenes favorite in a movie. Fight scene in a movie has to mm. be from uh, Dread. Um, when he is uh, gives the little speech about how he is the law, and then they go um, to him <laughs> like, "We're going to basically annihilate you," and he uh -huh. throws the flashbang out and just goes, brr, 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 brr. and then later on in the film, he gets his um, uh, incendiary grenade and fires it across the entire length of the city <laughs> block, and it like sets them all on fire. Like I know that that's not like a hand to hand fight, but in terms mm. of an action sequence, that's brilliant. If I was to go for hand to hand, yes. I would double down on the close quarters let's fight our way to the top um uh idea mm -hmm. and say uh something from either the raid or the raid 2 possibly the raid oh. 2 kitchen scene where yes. they're in the, oh where my they're god. the knives and the hook blade because that yeah. is brutal it's oh, disgusting dude, like, in places oh god i i love i love martial arts stuff like all the the seafood stuff the midnight fight express mm -hmm. those games that are coming out and um, my mind went to uh it's a movie called warrior king it's ostensibly on back okay. 2 it's what tony jar did on back is a great back, yeah and um there's a fight scene in that it's it did have some record for like it's a nine minute take and it's like you follow him into 
a restaurant. He's trying to get his elephant back uh, from nice. his home village. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, He just fights his way up this staircase, but it's all one take, complete with him like kicking people out windows and like falling back That's down and climbing nuts. back up. And it's insane. Go check out the Warrior King slash Ong Bak Two uh, staircase fight. That thing is crazy. I also love the bit when Blade comes out the blood at the end of Blade Two, and oh, uh, when you yeah, realize that he's yeah. all Blade's souped got some up. Great fight sequences. Wesley Snipes used to absolutely dominate back in the day. Blade Two used to be my favorite movie of thing of all time back then. But, um, also, really massive true. shout out to yes. one of the classics, which is the uh, the final fight between uh, not in the Matrix Three, mm. but in the first Matrix, the final fight between Agent Smith and Neo. Like mm. that when they uh, are in the subway and yes. they come to the, uh, they have the guns to the side of the head, and he's like, "You're out of ammo." <laughs> and it's just that little scene. It's just like, oh, I love that. Everything I'll tell you what, that. I because of Matrix Resurrections, I've been rewatching a lot of Matrix stuff, and mm-hmm. all of the I love the Chateau fight in uh, Reloaded, and um, because the music is gorgeous, I love how balletic it is. It is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love it when he just blocks the blade with his hand and then like the Merovingian's like, see, if he bleeds, you can kill him or whatever. Yeah. And he just proceeds to just decimate everybody. It's oh, the it's bit just... where the guy grabs the giant like old tiny mace <laughs> off the wall and he's like, and it's just like, oh man. But it's like he does all that and then Neo just gets it and swacks him in the face with it. Yeah. And then I love the Merovingian, like, okay, fine, you have some skill. It's just like yeah. stuff like that is really cool. Um, <laughs> next question from Terry Williams. Will you be playing the Diablo 2 Resurrected despite Activision Blizzard controversy? And if so, which platform? Um, I will not because i never played the original but what do you think yeah well this is a problem i'm kind of mm. between a rock and a hard place here because uh, diablo 2 was pretty fundamental to my upbringing in gaming yeah. i used to spend tons of time online back when uh, i was on dial-up internet and <laughs> i remember my mum getting extremely annoyed at the amount that i'd spent uh she right. basically set a time limit or a money limit of how much i was allowed to use the internet for across the entirety of the summer holidays uh-huh. uh, when we were off school and i blew through it in probably about a week <laughs> in a day. because of diablo 2 it was bad times uh-huh. Um so because it has that placement, right? I mean, like a lot of people grew up with it. It's a big childhood yeah. favorite or a nostalgic favorite. I don't have that reference point. I'm very curious about it. But, so I, yeah. I want to play it. And I, I didn't get a chance to play it in the beta. Mm. Uh, but with everything going on with Activision and Blizzard, with the fact that you should not be rewarding a company mm-hmm. for the actions here. We were in this, you remember a couple of um, episodes ago, we spoke about the difficulty in uh, speaking with your wallet because of yeah. the fact that it doesn't affect uh, the higher ups. It's going to be uh, people it's going getting to be the people laid who off. Actually like work all, all the um, other higher ups are going to see uh, isn't the complaints of people. They're just going to say like, well, Diablo 2 didn't sell well. So that team right there, you're getting uh, either yep. shut down or you're getting moved to different projects, possibly to stuff that you won't like. And then you'll quit and you won't hate you. You'll hate the industry. Mm-hmm. So there's petitions going alongside it asking activision to recognize that this is not going to be the fault of the um uh, of the employers mm. if the game doesn't sell well mm-hmm. and there's people boycotting it saying i'm only boycotting it but it doesn't mean i dislike a diablo 2 and that's kind of where i'm in that position right. where i want to play it but i probably will not play it until i feel that the company deserves uh, uh, uh well deserves my time and mm-hmm. money and investment mm-hmm. so long story short very excited to on. play it, but I probably will have to wait a couple of years to mm. do it. I think um, it was an interesting video from Alana Pierce talking about how a lot of the the overall monetary boycott does, like you said, directly affect developers because they're the ones who have spent the months, the years putting this stuff together. And then the top, it's the top tier people, the people that it, it, like they were just saying that it doesn't tend to help developers. Like the way that you do help developers is by raising awareness, is by having conversations like this. Yeah. It is by, you know, like keeping the pressure on in regards to the issues that need to be addressed. But there is a window for you to just enjoy the video game. Um, yeah. And it's not like the issues that they're being justified like you know addressed they they're not present in the game so it's like it, you know it is possible to just go and enjoy the game 
Like Wouldn't it be really so wanted. good if we had like a system where, you know, like on Humble Bundle back in the day, we used to be able to choose how much of the donation goes to which uh, charity or which pit uh, goes to Humble Bundle and how mm -hmm. much goes to the charity stuff. I wish there was a, an ability to, whenever you purchase a game, separate how much you want to go to the publisher <laughs> versus how much to go to the actual developing team. Because oh I bet you God. anything, like everyone will just put like 100% into the uh, developing team God, to that show would the be... publisher, like, you don't need them, they need you. Yeah, that would be that would be like a great modifier for Patreon, like a sort of yeah. a, like a, a new sort of Patreon platform. That would they be should, a hell of a thing, like like a Kickstarter thing. Like mm. if this game gets published or gets picked up by a publisher during the thing, how much money of the, your money goes to mm -hmm. that publisher for it, and how much will go to the Kickstarter? God, that would that would directly and systematically dissect the capitalistic growth approach. That would just sort of be like, the money doesn't even go to the dude at the top. It doesn't do anything anymore. It goes to the people who actually put the thing together, which like, would be don't get me wrong. glorious, a, to be honest. We're in a position where uh, we unfortunately need publishers, and not all of them yes. are bad and shady. No. They are, at the end of the day, just trying to spread like games that we all love and hopefully like will provide entertainment. But it's just, there's so many sickly practices going on from the bigger publishers mm. that come from this whole attitude of, we're too big to fail. And yeah, exactly. it just keeps needing to be reminded that no, you're not, because <laughs> the world is watching, the world can data mine, the world has access to social mm. media, so start treating your employees with some goddamn respect. Yeah, yeah, and in terms of the game itself, I've not actually looked up that many reviews. It doesn't appeal to me because I don't have that nostalgic mm -hmm, factor mm -hmm. to it, but I also couldn't get on board with Diablo 3. I guess I'm curious because it's this big legendary game, but I'm going to see what the general reception is in terms of yeah. people getting hands-on and stuff going forward. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, next question from Nate Drake, absolute legend, UBP, 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 who says, are there any games that you critically, had a blur, are there any <laughs> games that are critically successful that you just no, no, not that either, Joe. No, no, not that. It's not that are at all. Are there Scott. any games that are critically successful that just don't resonate with you or you bounce right off? I appreciate these games are good, but I know that they're just not for me. An example is Dishonored. Okay, fair enough. I, mean, I, can, uh, I can follow that up quite nicely by saying that on, I 
don't think I like Deathloop at all. I've I've tried a lot. Really? But I, I oh, bounced okay. the hell off Dishonored 2. I just thought it played really bad. I didn't like the AI. I just mm-hmm. it was just so messy. I just thought it was like this weird mod. It didn't feel like it came together very well. And Deathloop kind of feels like that. It's like needlessly obfuscating the reality that all you're doing is going into one of four biomes, one of four levels that repeat a lot and walk walk to a place, interact with a document. Okay, right, that tells me I can shoot a guy in the head in a different time zone. So I reload and I go to the other place and I go to the next marker and I shoot the guy in the head and then I go and get another document and I do it all over again. I just, I don't get it. I don't get what's so phenomenal about this game and I'm like five hours into it. I just think it's quite lame. Because Josh thought that it was really good, didn't he? He, he liked really liked it. Really, I think but, he but went he did, for... He did say that uh, it had quite a lot of flaws, which yes. a lot of the reviews that I'm seeing from other outlets aren't really addressing. I've seen a <laughs> load of 10 out of 10s and I'm like, yeah. is this a perfect game? Like, I don't think so at all. The AI is like horrendous. Like you can throw actually... a grenade next to them and they just continue having a conversation. And it's just, oh, no. I saw a defense of that. I think it was from Daniel Dwyer, who like, I absolutely love Daniel Dwyer, but I think his defense was, you know, the whole way that it's coded is to let you get away with certain things so that you do feel like you're able to off these really cool stealth missions on the fly and i'm like okay i can see that to uh, to some degree but <clears throat> if i'm butchering someone right next to a guy and they just continue working on their mm-hmm. little project it just looks stupid so well that that's yeah. where um they need to take a lesson if that is the case they need mm. to take a lesson from the hitman franchise because yes. they allow you to have like silly moments empowering moments but they have because of that threat level meter that comes up they give mm. you just enough time to make mistakes and then still rectify them afterwards mm-hmm. and if you kill somebody everyone is alerted to the area but they do settle down after a while there is and that settle like, down thing yeah. yeah but i feel like if they're just like like in in hitman if you throw something onto the floor be it a penny or mm. a grenade you hit the noise attracts somebody's attention straight mm-hmm. away if somebody's just having a conversation and a frag mine just slides across the floor <laughs> and they don't react to anything that's like that's not great but that doesn't make me feel empowered that makes no. me feel like i'm i'm taking advantage of dumb ai mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's a weird it's it's just a weirdly complex game and i know that what they're going for i'm obviously being quite regressive in the way i described it that is the way that the last few missions have played out for me but like right. it tries to be this big really complex clockwork mechanism of cause essentially you set something in motion in the morning and then you go to the afternoon and look what's happened and you deal with that but i just feel like there's just not many like there's a game called overboard on switch on pc and stuff as well and that i feel does this infinitely better in regards to just making you feel like your actions change across the day and whereas on in deathloop's case there's so much menu navigation there's so many like loot that you're getting from enemies and weapons and these different loadouts and booting into something and the whole thing with like players invading your game so if you're having a stealthy run someone can just jump in and all of a sudden you're in a firefight and the whole thing goes sideways i just Mm. none of that game is working for me but i I get that it is critically successful i think ign called it a masterpiece which like if they think so that's cool or the reviewer thinks so but um i don't at all i'm just like i don't get anything from this i think it's a big old mess but that's just great did it is it because you maybe went into the game thinking that you wanted it to be more stealth focused or is it because the fact that it's not picking a lane of stealth or action and it's just just like I don't know what it's going for. Like the tutorial is honestly an hour and a half long anyway. It walks you mm-hmm. through all the different aspects of what they're trying to go for. But then I find that once they let you go, it isn't as free form as they want you to think it is. Like there are some things you can set in motion in the morning that will change in the afternoon, but it's, you don't really know what to go for. It's not, I just, right, it's okay. not sparking a level of creativity in me that goes like, I'm not in the afternoon going like, oh my God, if I placed this here in the morning, this would have happened. It's more like, oh God, I've got to replay this whole level again to be able to do X thing. It just feels yeah. like it's a lot of repetition. But I also have an inbuilt thing with <clears throat> thing with time loop games where it's just my checkpoint anxiety incarnate because I hate replaying stuff. Just let me yeah. do the thing. I don't yeah. want to do it all over again. So I I could rant my ass off about Deathloop. <laughs> I, it's not clicking for me at all. But other than That's... the music and the voice acting is great. But 
you know. Fair enough. Um, for yeah. me, I would say that uh, a game that I wanted to love and in fact played it through to completion, did all of the like the extra mm. challenges and everything like that and still walked away from it feeling completely <clears throat> hollow and unsatisfied is Bioshock Infinite. Like, I'm, I'm really? like, yeah, I, for me, I because like that. Well, the thing is, is that I adore Bioshock 1 mm. and I think that Bioshock 2 is criminally underrated mm. and has a pers- like possibly one of the best like expansions ever made for a video game in Minerva's Den. I still feel mm, that story, totally. that, that tiny story is told so well. Mm-hmm. When it came to Bioshock Infinite, because of what was promised and what was delivered and how it was delivered and all of the bullet sponge enemies and all of the fact that it felt like choice was being wrenched away from you at every given opportunity, I didn't like the fact that the weapon system uh, limited what you could carry and how much ammo you could mm-hmm. carry with it. I didn't like the fact that it was just like it stayed, it was... Um, uh, cutscene or talking point firefight cutscene then yeah. talking point then firefight it didn't feel like I, there was any natural progression to the story and everyone who was t- telling me that Colombia was a place that field lived in and like a real place it didn't it was the so geometry small. from it yeah the mm. geometry for it just felt completely alien like mm. it was like oh levels are literally appearing in front of me in order to allow me to progress mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i didn't like that no but totally. i played it through for maybe 60 hours even went through on that uh, 1999 hardcore mode <laughs> and completed it and i was just sat there going I've done this and I didn't have a good time. I should feel something. Yeah. I, do, you know what, do you know what the biggest thing, and I think I've already brought this up, is I mm. hate the fact that um, they use Bioshock's own lineage to make Bioshock Infinite seem better than it is. Right, There's a moment right. where they talk about how they can look through portals and obviously they steal information from other realities. Mm-hmm. Now, in one of them, it's claimed that Dr. Su Shong, who created the Big Daddies in Rapture, mm-hmm viewed through this portal something that one of their guys was making and said mm-hmm. hmm that's what i'll base the big daddies on and right. it's like you're you're sushan was meant to be the smartest guy in in the entirety of the entire city and mm-hmm. then fell to his own hubris because he slapped a little sister and the big daddy killed him <laughs> for doing it right and it's like that was a perfect <clears throat> thing of uh frankenstein's monster syndrome you create your own monster and it kills you sort mm-hmm. of thing in this they're just like, nah, he's just dumb. He's just he's literally copying. He's copying crypt notes. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, man. Like, wait, think, wait, uh, to, wait to have such an inferiority complex that you yeah, think that my... people won't enjoy Bioshock Infinite enough that you've got to basically say, we are literally better than the people that you've seen before. I think anything like that. Um, I remember the Nerdwriter channel did a good video on intertextuality that just because you've mentioned something from another thing that has within it, 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 it is like, if you, if you mention a lightsaber uh, or you use something that looks like a lightsaber, you're intertextually... Glad that you said Star Wars immediately because I immediately thought of Star Wars when you right. said this. <laughs> Well, it, was just, it was just that whole, di- whole idea. If you have something that is lightsaber adjacent in your game, you're all already cashing in on the love people have for that thing that yeah. exists somewhere else. And, th- and that, that is like a whole thing. And it, it can potentially rob the newer work of standing on its own. And so I think that's like an interesting uh, conversation. But Bioshock Infinite, for me, the combat I thought was terrible. I hated fighting the handyman. I didn't feel like, feel like they made the most of the rails that were going everywhere. Yeah, it was when just, the rail system worked, I thought it was great. I, like, yeah, when it worked, I, I love yeah. being able to like hop between stuff and then attack mm. people, jump down, jump back up again. Mm-hmm. But it was little things like um the exploits for that game was so obvious like once mm-hmm. you were jumping on and off the rail that uh invulnerability uh hit frames uh, that you had like um uh, you just be able to jump off and on again hop right, on right. hop off hop on hop off <laughs> and not be taking damage i remember thinking the power-ups as well like it was you would go at those little vending machines you would get stuff but it would you either didn't have enough money because of the way that it was like the drops were or the, the actual upgrades weren't that meaningful you just end up spending it on more ammo or something like that oh, i just i 
so hated the fact that you would end up upgrading a weapon that you would then not find ammo for for the yes. next 20 minutes. I'm like, seriously, this is the gun I want to use. Why are you mm -hmm. forcing me to use an inferior weapon? Yeah, I feel like you can kind of tell that it went through like development hell or some version of mm -hmm. like there was like two or three other versions of Bioshock Infinite before then. Still very curious what the hell Ken Levine is even doing because he's meant to, he's got some new game that's some brand new way of storytelling in video games, but that's not been seen or talked about in eight years now so it's it's been a he's while he's gone to rapture he's just basically like just scurrying away some notes there just doing his <laughs> own thing uh, next question from McAllister nyc who says what is your die on this hill food opinion where you're totally alone but you know that you're totally right also would be curious to hear what your go-to pizza order is uh there's this hawaiian because ham and pineapple on pizza is the blessing of slime jesus himself <laughs> how about you take care gents Oh, thank you very much for your uh, the big blessing. Slime Jesus has crossed over to the title of the podcast. Oh, mate, he's spreading everywhere. The, the cult of Slime Jesus spreads. It arrives. Um, let's hope that Bielsa Blob doesn't follow him. Uh, <laughs> so when it comes Check to... Check out Choose Your Own Adventure to make any sense of what George just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, pizza toppings, for me, it's got to be spinach and olive have got to be a part of the equation. Oh, Lord. Well, okay. I'm just, okay. Big, I'm just a big fan. It's making my mouth water just thinking about it. Interesting. Um, I thought and, you would have gone down some sort of cheese and like oniony combo oh, thing. Oh man, the, I think one of the best pizzas that I had recently was um, it was a like a balsamic. Like it was like a vegan blue cheese and truffle pizza. Ooh. And I remember just getting that. I was like, that was really nice. That Very was nice. Really nice. <laughs> fact, I really I've, want that now. <laughs> I've definitely discovered the love of the ham and pineapple, which I know is the most divisive pizza on the on the on earth. <laughs> But that was one of the reasons why I never tried it for so much. And then I just was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to take the plunge, walk through the Stargate. And it was all right. I thought it was really good. So I've, I've had quite a lot of Hawaiians as well, Mr. M. Ricey. I tell um, you what, yeah. I, I remember there was an absolute madhead that I knew growing up who uh, <laughs> decided that uh, his favorite pizza topping was anchovies, right, on that. And that's that absolutely fine, like super, super salty. Mm -hmm, and it was mm -hmm. back when Domino's used to do them mm. here in the UK. And you had anchovies and you would get buffalo sauce and put that on the top of it. So it was fishy and spicy and sweet <laughs> i was like you've literally made garbage you've, you're eating a little garbage. bit yeah i guess that maybe that would be their die on this hill of food opinion we've definitely <laughs> done food opinions before i used to be a big old proprietor of the vinegar to the point where people bought oh, me canisters man, yeah. of vinegar for my birthday but i've since kicked that i've just i just i've i've, I've weaned myself off it and now i hardly have any of it so i, I I'm, I'm off the vinegar the your vinegar body takes. is probably help, uh, very grateful for that you're not like burning Possibly. a hole through all of your I can, stomach I can, and stuff i like. can breathe now without taking my inhaler every 20 minutes maybe that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> i can get through the day again but um in, in yeah. terms of like food that i know that i'm right on i'll go back to the regular one and that is mm. the fact that uh, if you want to spice up your peanut butter slap a bit of marmite on it and then put on some uh, uh, some hot I'm sauce i'm not even joking it is the best combination yeah. i know that i've just like ragged on a dude for <laughs> having fishy salty and hot sauce all over uh, it but peanut butter marmite that's the way winner. though that's, and then, that's uh, the then enlightenment chuck, then chuck, chuck your hot sauce on there as well <laughs> and boosh boosh if you want to go for the actual one shout out to today's sponsor frank's hot sauce <laughs> they're not today's sponsor but you should sponsor us frank frank's hot should. sauce Whoever Frank is, get in touch. I think um, I don't really have a, a crazy food opinion. The only thing that um, remotely turns up noses is the fact that I like having bad cod fillets on top of rice. I like that a lot. But I'm just why, like, why fish. is that bad? Why I don't bad? know. That's what I said to my wife. I was like, well, rice and fish is totally a thing. And she's like, oh, it's because of the batter. It's weird. It's not weird, wife. It's really good. <laughs> But um, <laughs> it's some point. hear you in the other room, just they're like, you know, then I'll show learn. you why. You need to learn the ways. Um, lemon rice or coconut rice, I recommend. Um, next question from Jacob Sawyer. What do you consider the top three gaming studios right now? Personally, it's Rocksteady, Insomniac, and Sucker Punch. 
Um, mine, I would totally, I would second Insomniac. I think Insomniac are actually the best gaming studio in the world right now. I think that they are, they are unbelievable. Out. Like the amount of stuff they've made and the quality that they've nailed it at. I mean, Ratchet and Clank might be a game of the year. Like it's definitely the most technically proficient game of the year. So I would say Insomniac with a bullet and then Naughty Dog, for me personally, uh, Insomniac, and then it would be Naughty Dog. And then, um, I would go, uh, Supergiant. The, um, the Hades. Supergiant is higher, 100% up all there. All those chaps. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I agree mm-hmm. with you on Supergiant. I think that if I was to choose, um, I wouldn't choose the, any. The wouldn't choose any of the big boys because they've obviously got like a few duffers um, <laughs> in their lineup. But a few Hillarys. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like what another great like all time studio is that at the moment. Mm. So going off just what's. Well, my mind in. went a little bit to like Yacht Club, but I was like, all they've done is uh, Shovel Knight. But they did do the follow ups. And all the different expansions for that, which became for me the best two D platformer of like all time. But it's... does it does it have to be uh, like a development studio? Can it be just one developer? I think you go one developer. Because uh, who's the who's the chap that made um uh, Delta Rune? Oh, uh, Toby Fox. Toby Fox. Yeah, because obviously ah. Undertale and Delta Rune, and they've just massive shout out to as well. Like they're they're incredible games. So... Yeah, Delta Rune episode two we've got like shadow dropped or whatever during the I know. Nintendo and it, and it was a free update as well, and it's just kind of like okay then. I know him as well, Toby Fox. His um like his uh talent as a composer, like the mm-hmm. music of Undertale is phenomenal, and the mm-hmm. stuff that he did for the game that I'm blanking on, he did the score for um it's called Town, I think. Okay. Um, it was like this little sort of Pokemon style thing on, on Switch and um, which he did the score for. And like one of the reasons I'm looking forward to Delta in episode two is just because it's more music from him. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I feel like that's just as good as the way he writes stuff. My, and my favorite stuff. bit is when the uh, fans get hold of the uh, songs and they do the remixes. Yes. The remixes come out of the already like absolutely stonkingly good hits. You end up with some true bangers. Genuinely, like there are some, like you said, like this, the, the originals are bangers, but there are some great like synth wavy heavier mm-hmm. remixes of that stuff mm-hmm. too, especially uh, Metaton's theme from yeah. Undertale. Um, so yes, all good game dev studios. Um, Ruben says, which video game genre has the best soundtrack and what soundtracks and why is it JRPGs? Now it might be JRPGs because I guess my mind would go to Final Fantasy and Persona. Well, they always go for the huge orchestral scores and they mm. usually have like slightly bigger budgets to play with and mm-hmm. it usually like resonates with the emotional stuff that you're mm. witnessing on screen. So I have to admit, it's very good. Um, I think it's got a really nice soundtrack. Uh, K&M mm-hmm. Bridge of Spirits. Um, just, really? I just I, I did that in one sitting, nine hours done. But the that game is very very lovely, and the yeah the soundtrack in that a little bit of Jack and Daxter, a little bit of sort of Crash, and okay. like lots of wood instruments and kind of like that kind of feel, which is really really nice. Definitely suits the um, the spiritual like tone that they're going for. This whole mm-hmm. sort of um, exploration of like this rot in the forest that you need to like uh, cleanse and everything. But yeah, Kent Kaner is a gorgeous game, and the the music for that, especially the combat music, is very nice. I've always been quite partial to the Dark Souls and Bloodborne soundtracks ah, because they are just so aggressively heavy. It's like, that's what you'd imagine if like orchestral met heavy metal, mm. but took none of the electrified equipment <laughs> because it's just so oppressive in places. If we're talking entire genres, it would have to be JRPGs because I can I can mm. siphon off Hotline Miami 2 is my personal favorite soundtrack. Doom and Doom Eternal are both brilliant, but oh, they're not know. genres. No, that's it. See, I, I'd, oh, say, oh. I'd say the, the driving genre probably uh, mm. like racing games definitely have amazing soundtracks because oh, think of the dude. likes of burnout right yes and think of how amazing it was to scream around the tracks the <laughs> likes of like um clockwork by uh what's their net autopilot off and then yes. you've got like some 41 blaring out skateboarding well, games as well i've also got amazing yeah that's the, that's the that's oh, the that's where man. i was going i was should thinking we, should we say extreme sports yes extreme sports okay. i was just thinking any of the ea sports stuff back in the day like just all the ssx games and uh, even freak style and the def jam games oh, freak like style. Freak 
Greek style all the way. The I, I almost pre, I almost bought a PlayStation Two so I could play Freak Style the other Amazing. day. I, was just like, I need to because that and Def Jam are like two of my favorite games of all time, and I can't play them anywhere. But um, Mate, yeah, you I are think... going down that route. And you get those. Get make sure you get Sled Storm as well. Sled Storm I never played Sled Storm. That was sick. the only one I never actually it's touched. <laughs> and it was meant to be good. Um, a final question from Karel Tybsia, who hopefully okay. I put your name right. Um, what's your opinion on next gen upgrade delivery for previous gen previous gen games? Thinking about getting Death Stranding Director's Cut, but I'm madly annoyed of having to pay a ten dollar upgrade cost for it. Is it fair mm. to charge gamers to unlock better performance? I don't think that I think that there should be two tiers to uh, these yes. sort of uh, enhancement upgrades that they're bringing out at the moment. If mm. it includes any new content, as in something that wasn't on the disc and was uh, actually developed after that, then I do feel like the developer has every right to charge you for it. Same. If it is enhancement stuff, as in higher frame rates, better resolution and text and new graphical swaps and stuff, you should not have to pay for that because no. that is a developer's choice to tweak a game and deliver what they really want that game to be viewed as mm -hmm. i don't think that you should pay for graphical uh, texture upgrades i feel like no. the if you ever put that as a standalone thing on the marketplace saying do you want your game to look better it's going to cost you 10 quid mm. people would be rightly annoyed by that because they should be like well no you should be adding these in as a the thing as well sort of thing. like most frame rates like the the hardware can do it automatically it's just allowing the game to recognize that like some mm -hmm. stuff uh titanfall 2 is an example of apparently the way that respawn apparently the engine that titanfall 2 uses if you play it on series x there's not been an official upgrade for that but the way that respawn coded that game apparently it just automatically knows how to take advantage of the ram or the rom or whatever it is i yeah. don't know pc stuff but titanfall 2 works a hell of a lot better on on series x to the point where it'll just auto upgrade to 4k 60 if not 4k 120 at least according to some tv outputs so i'm like that's like you shouldn't be charging for that because you're just you've already paid yeah. for the console the console is yeah. going to do that anyway yeah um, but yeah i agree with you in, in the case of um, death stranding the director's cut does have a lot of new stuff mostly mm -hmm. mechanical changes there's only one new story mission um it's not that long either and i as you know for me i didn't think it was that great but it is it is like a extension of sam as the character it is worthwhile um but it depends how much you like the, the story part of death for me the story is the bottom of the pile in terms of why i would play that game uh, i love everything else about it but yeah i think it's it depends on how much work was done i think if they're just if you're just paying to do what the console <clears throat> could do anyway especially in regards to frame rates that's pretty shady but i get that they do need to do more work to potentially up res to get like a 4k resolution because sometimes there's more detail there or something like that so I, I do think just that depends. just to reiterate, if we could, if we had a choice, then it mm. definitely would be split the things into what are actual mechanical gameplay uh, changes yeah. there for free. Anything else, that's what you pay. It's for. been a weird process because a lot of games, like you put the PlayStation Four version, the Xbox, well, I guess Xbox auto upscales everything anyway. But until they get a dedicated next gen patch, most stuff, um, you know, they like developers have just released it. Here's a resolution option and a performance option yeah. anyway, yeah. um, for free because it should just be free stuff. The Avengers stuff was free, um, so it's just I feel like that should be the the way if you play a playstation yeah. 4 game or a last gen game on a new system you should get the free performance side of it well it was like um cd project red they mm. went away and i can't remember if it was the witcher i think it was the original witch they did this for they mm -hmm. realized and recognized a lot of feedback uh with the where down a lot of the feedback for the original game was that there was a lot of gameplay uh bugs and things mm. like that so what they did is they went away for like a whole year and then they just said we're, we're going to fix oh there's like them. the enhanced edition the enhanced edition yeah. and when they released that that was a free update for people who had already bought it and mm -hmm. then like they didn't technically even have to do that the game had already sold well reviewed well they had already announced they were going to work on adapting the sequel mm -hmm. so it was a case of they didn't need to return to it but they chose to do it because they were like no we just want this to be the best version of the game yeah. that we want 
Yeah, absolutely. Which that is obviously what they're going for with the the content expansion stuff too. But I think Sony especially have been walking a weird line with it. Where on Xbox everything is just an auto upgrade. Yeah. It's, it's smart delivery. It just works. And then on the Sony side, it's been a right faff on in regards to getting your saves across and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, actual final question because this question is very good from okay. Liam Guest: Who would win a game of battleships between me and you, and why? And also Max Payne or Martin Walker from Spec Ops: The Line. Just to just to just to end on a banter podcast, Jules. I think you know where one question's going, right? <laughs> and then boom, body blow. <laughs> yep. Um first off, uh, it's Max Payne. For, for, for it is life. it is easily Max Payne. It's yeah. Max Payne from yeah. Max Payne 3 with the shaved head and the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Do not at me. It is the best version of him ever. I actually would totally agree with you, and I love the old ones too, but I love the way he's written in Max Payne 3, especially mm-hmm. towards the end where he just knows he's just this. Just ostensibly just this homeless man, man. yeah, yeah, with an armory, and he's just he's so sardonic, and the way that Dan Hauser wrote him was incredible. Yeah, Max Payne over Martin Walker any day. Hands down. Uh, A game of battleships. I've not played battleships in a long time. When was the last time you played battleships? Uh, I played Captain Sonar recently, which is basically like um, you put, you're playing battleships, but you're not allowed to speak, so you've got to like uh, like <laughs> mime to your crew uh, of like three or four other people okay. like, who have different jobs on the vessel to be like, right. what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Sort of I think I've like, just remembered. Speaking of mimes, um, that squid scientist in the Splatoon thing, he made his body into a three. Remember that? Yes, he did. I just he remember did. that. Just You could do that and play in the sonar thing. <laughs> just be like, it's B3. Yeah, B3. I <laughs> do like an Egyptian pose. I think pose. that um, uh, Scott would probably win uh, overall Ooh. because I would be very bad if it, like uh, he was anywhere near my battleship stuff. I would be <laughs> unable to like not make a wincing face. Like, and you'd be like, like right, I okay, sort of miss like, Is it there? No, not at all. No, just do, just do another volley and see how you go. I've not played and battleship. I, I, since I was a kid, so I'd probably just do like a banter thing as well and put all of my ships in a line across the top line <laughs> so that he'd just be like A one, B one, C one. I'm like bollocks. I see that every <laughs> single time. I think, oh, no one's gonna find this little cluster in the corner, and then they get yeah. one, and then they get all of them. Yeah, and then it's just like boom, boom, boom. I guess boom. hardcore battle battleships fans are just like, yeah, of course, lol. We've always been doing that, but um, <laughs> not to worry. But yeah, thanks everybody for sending in all their questions. It was a hell of a week for gaming, and we'll carry some stuff over to next week and add some things from the last few weeks as well. Um, and keep an eye out on both of our Twitters on Thursday afternoons for all the um the questions themselves because we'll put another one out next thursday in terms of what we're going to talk about the following show um you can find me at slash lp89 jules where are you at you can find me at retro j with a zero over on twitter delicious this has been the entitled banner podcast the upp the upp the upp and we will catch you next week bye-bye catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.